Welcome, 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 women, to another exciting episode of Relentless the Podcast, where we can't stop. We don't stop. We won't stop. Because the word of God is relentless. So too should be God's women, relentless in the pursuit of all things concerning God our Father. So I am excited to share this next episode in our podcast today. And so, as is my custom, I'd like to give a shout out um, to those churches, organizations, associations, nonprofits um, who have allowed me to share my gift down through the years, whether it was through speaking poetry, emceeing programs, speaking on Sunday mornings, women's conferences, women's retreats, military services, whatever it um, may have been. I just want to thank you for allowing me to share my gifts with you. So this shout out to today goes to Progressive Community Church of Stockton, California, Pastor and First Lady Shields. I just thank God for allowing me to share with you um, in that women's uh, conference. It was a wonderful time. I just thank you and I pray that the Lord allows our paths to cross again as he orders our steps toward one another um, sometime in the future. I am grateful for your ministry. Thank you for allowing me to share mine. I say like Paul, um, in his words to the church at Philippi, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Amen. So as I prayed about what to share, um, with, um, God's women today, um, Sometimes our troubles just seem to go on and on and on. Um, They just seem like they will not stop. And oftentimes one issue leads to something else. Um, Problems, issues, circumstances just don't seem to let up. And so because of that, I was led to um, a particular scripture um, today to share with you about a particular woman. And um, in so doing, I know the Lord is going to help us with our lives as we study hers. Um, Her story is found in 1 Samuel, the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Again, 1 Samuel, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. We're going to get some help for our issues today uh, from a woman who knows something about it. Have mercy. All right, 1 Samuel 1, um, verses 1 and 2. And here we go. Reading from the King James Version of the Old Testament Scriptures. Now there was a certain man of Ramathaim Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and Ephrathite. And he had two wives. Mm. Somebody say two wives. The name of the one was Hannah and the name of the other Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. So just from those first two verses, and we want you to keep your Bibles open. We're going to be um, unpacking some other verses as well. But from what we just read, we're going to talk about the extreme circumstances of an extraordinary woman. The extreme circumstances of an extraordinary woman. So, 
just by way of defining some terms so that we are all literally on the same page. The extreme circumstances of an extraordinary woman. So when we talk about the word um, extreme, we mean beyond what is natural. Extreme, going far beyond that which you may seem you are able to handle. Extreme. Circumstances then being issues, problems surrounding a given topic. Extreme circumstances of an extraordinary, extraordinary meaning. I mean, it's interesting because it comes from the Latin extraordinum. It means not ordinary, out of the usual order. So the extreme circumstances of an extraordinary what woman woman of course uh, as we found out in uh, previous broadcasts um is a noun and of course coming from the webster's version of uh the uh, webster's dictionary it says that woman is defined as an adult female person but again by the aid of the holy spirit i have been given this definition for woman That mature member of the female persuasion whose stripes have been earned by the lessons she's learned. In other words, she has endured hardness like a good soldier. And one of the things I really want to um, impress upon us is that there is a special place in the heart of God for women. Now, of course, he loves men as well. But there's something special about women. For after all, who came to him at the well one day? A woman. Who came to him with an issue of blood? A woman. And ultimately, whom did he choose to carry the Christ child who would one day carry our sins away? He chose a woman. So in case you're feeling a little down today and you need uh, a pick-me-up for your self-esteem, God loves you. You are not a mistake. You are right where you are supposed to be. There is a special place in the heart of God for women. So the extreme circumstances of an extraordinary woman. So today, with those definitions in mind, with this scripture in mind, we're going to jump right in and we're going to talk about the life of Hannah. So we got three points and we're going to be out of your way. Point number one, extraordinary pain. Hannah's extraordinary pain. Look again at verse two. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah and the name of the other Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. Hmm. In this verse, we get a glimpse into her painful existence, even in the first few verses. Verse two says that she's married, but it also says that her husband has two wives. Somebody say two wives. Now, this is not even on my notes, but let me, what's wrong with him? I think one of us is enough. Lord have mercy. All right, two wives. So this isn't the ex-wife, the baby mama. Or the deceased wife. No, they are both alive and well, sharing the same husband in the same house. Girl, 
Not only that, but the B portion of the scripture says that she had no children. Polygamy and barrenness. I mean, you talk about a double whammy. Insult, meat, injury. I mean, yikes. It was a cultural honor to be married. So on the one hand, she was highly respected, held in high regard and high esteem. But it was at the same time a cultural disgrace to be barren. So on the other hand, she was ashamed and humiliated. Married but dealing with misfortune. Bearing the burden of barrenness. I believe Hannah said in the words of the old gospel song, I look up and wonder why good fortune seems to pass me by. But I say to my soul, take courage. The Lord will make a way somehow. She feels like a failure as both a woman and a wife. And it is here that she becomes distressed and I believe depressed. Look at her suffering. Look at her pain. Now look at also at verses six and seven. So keep your Bibles open. Look at six and seven. And her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb seven. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Now, verse six tells us Hannah was provoked at home. Verse seven says she's provoked at church. Now, it's one thing to be provoked at home. I mean, because the people at home know you, you know, this is where y'all let your hair down and, you know, you can be yourself at home. So if you're going to act ugly, we get it at at home. But verse seven says she was even provoked at church. Now I'm throwing this one in too. How many know that it's bad when you can't even catch a break at church? I mean, when we were able to go to church, you know. Pre-COVID is what I'm trying to say. But if you're going to be a woman of extraordinary faith, it is because you will have experienced some extraordinary pain. I heard a preacher say one day, whomever God will use greatly, he will first hurt him deeply. And we can say whomever God will use greatly, he will first hurt her deeply. Whoever you are. In your walk with God, you will experience some pain. Believe it. Grief, it hurts deeply. Mourning, it hurts deeply. Divorce, it hurts deeply. Wayward children, it hurts deeply. Church folk, they can hurt you deeply. Come on here, somebody. Can I get a witness? Hannah was hurting deeply. She was a woman of extraordinary pain. But how many know that when you are down, you are a great candidate for up? (laughs) The pain of polygamy and the pain of barrenness. Hannah had some extraordinary pain. Issues she couldn't talk about, problems she couldn't express, circumstances that shouldn't be discussed in polite conversation. Because how many know when people say sometimes, how you doing? They're not really asking you to be honest. They're not really inviting you to bear your soul. So the customary greeting goes something like this. Hey, how you doing? Fine, fine. How you doing? Doing good. And and that's about the extent of that. 
<laughs> because there are certain things you're going through that people don't like to talk about in polite conversation. I can imagine her just going on trying to look the part, trying to act the part, smiling on the outside, yet absolutely broken and shattered on the inside. Anybody ever been there? When you're living all you know and doing the best you can, and yet it doesn't get any better. The situation keeps going on and on, day after day, month after month, year after year. Remember, that they didn't have in vitro fertilization. There were no adoption services or egg implantation. No, Hannah had no options. What she had was barrenness, a full heart and an empty womb. A baby bed with no one in it. She's a woman of extraordinary pain. Would you agree? Next, point two. Hannah's extraordinary prayer. Hannah's extraordinary prayer. Let's look at verses 10 and 11. Verse 10. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. She wept Sore. 11. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Verses 10 and 11, Hannah's extraordinary prayer. Look at what Hannah does now. She lives in a house with one husband and two wives. She shares her husband, but she can't share her pain. It is clear to see that no one understood her. Penina, the Bible says, was her rival. She provoked and teased her because of her affliction. That, that's just like some folk, isn't it? When they find out what's wrong with you. Some folks can really stick it to you. That's awful. I just threw that in. Mm -hmm. Elkanah loved her, but he didn't understand her. How do you know? Look at verse 8. So I know we're skipping around a bit, but, but it's going to make sense. So stay with me. Verse 8. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? Verse 8. He notices that she is not eating and she's crying all the time. Sounds like depression, huh? Loss of appetite. Unable to control our emotions. She is exhibiting the classic signs of depression, whether they are, um, whether she was diagnosed with clinical depression or something else. We recognize this to be depression and her husband does not know what to do. Let me throw this in for free. Sadness is an emotion like any other that must be expressed. God gave us the ability to express emotions, all of them. It's okay to be sad sometimes. It's okay to be sad on Monday because you've received some bad news. Okay. But it's not okay to be sad Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday all over again into the next week, into the next month, into the next year. See, see, when sadness settles, it becomes depression. When sadness settles, it becomes depression. A pushing down. 
That's when you need your good girlfriend to come alongside you and, and, and take you for some retail therapy. Come on. You, you hear what I'm saying? You need her to tell you, uh, uh, you know, open up these curtains, plug your phone back in, sis, brush your teeth, comb your hair. Let's put your shoes on the right feet and let's go. We're going to get out of this house and you're going to go get some fresh air. Now, that's not to say that there should not be uh, perhaps... Um, going to talk to someone or a doctor or even medication because, you know, that is not my field of expertise. But I do know that we are our sister's keeper. And in the event that you have not heard from her or you have not seen her, it is incumbent upon you to go check on her. Now, in this age of COVID-19, I know we're not doing a whole bunch of um, socializing and hugging and going on, but call her. Set up a Zoom call. Come on, make sure you hear her voice. Come on, don't let her fall out and 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 get, lose uh, uh, um um her place. Don't 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 let it don't let her just fall away without you going to see about her. Your sister should not fall out and die on your watch. Tell your sister not on my watch. We got we got to talk it out. You got to let her know, you're not going out like that. You got to hold her up in prayer. You know, again, we can't really hug and and, and, and embrace the way we did in the past. But you have to let her know you're not alone. Tell her, I see you. I understand. You know, we can go buy you some lip gloss. Let's walk through the mall. You stay over there and I I stay over here. We're going to be at least six feet apart. But, But I'm coming with you. You coming with me. And if you can't afford it, I got you, girl. I'm going to pay for it. Come on here. But you got to get up out of that. Don't allow your sister to sink into depression while you're watching. Check on her. Let this be your wake-up call to go check on your girlfriend tomorrow. Today. As soon as you hear this, let her know you're thinking about her. Because you might not know everything that's going on. But you know, everybody is dealing with something. This can wreak havoc on the mind. See about her. Tell your sister to go see about her. Okay. So Elkanah, the husband, tries to fix it by asking her a question. And, and that's just like men. They're trying to figure it out, trying to fix it. So he says, am I not better to you than ten sons? Mm-hmm. Now, Elkin, I thought that was a good question. He thought he was doing something really good right there. Now, in my mind, I could just see Hannah looking at him and saying, now, why would you ask me something like that? Are you not better than 10 sons? I don't know. I don't even have one son. That that Can't you just see her saying, oh, just sighing and rolling her eyes like, What? What? Let me let me throw this in for free. It's like Valentine's Day. Come on. Our husbands who mean well, um, they will bring home a 30-pound box of chocolates and a little box of lingerie. And they wonder why you're looking at them like that. And you're saying, now why would you do that? Now just why would you do that? 
If I eat the 30-pound box of chocolates, I won't be able to fit into the little bitty lingerie, okay? what What's the matter with you that this is not matching up in your mind? Um, Hannah is feeling like nobody gets it. Have you ever felt like that? That nobody gets it? That to you, the problem is obvious. But to those around you, they are oblivious. The whole point is, I don't have a child. And you're asking me, aren't you better than 10? What? That's not going to elicit the response that Elkanah desires. I'm just going to say I'm trying to help the brethren out there. You, you going about it the wrong way. But she does not leave it there. Hannah prays. Oh, God, and that's a word right there. After you get through talking to other folk, the Lord is saying, but I'm still here. Instead of the Lord being the last resort, call on him first. (laughs) Hannah prays. Verse 10 says, she was in bitterness of soul and she prayed unto the Lord and she wept sore. Let me throw this in too. It don't matter how you pray. You don't, prayer is not always going to come out when you feel good. You don't always have time for the flowery language and the long speeches and the discourse and, 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 you know, the soliloquies when you're talking to the Lord. Sometimes you're in bitterness of soul and that thing comes out. Lord, if you don't help me, I can't stand the storm. Lord, I don't know. I'm not going to be able to handle this. Jesus, I quit today. See, y'all don't pray like that. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all don't really, ha- ha- you know. But Hannah was in bitterness of soul, in bitterness. The Bible already told us twice before she wept sore. See, this thing is serious. When you can't muster up, um, again, the flowery language. When you can't. Oh, Lord, when well, you can no longer mimic what you heard other folks say. See, it's fine when you doing all right. But when you in bitterness of soul, that thing comes out. Lord, help. You might have two words. Lord, help. Verse 10 says she prayed unto the Lord and she wept sore. And it wasn't that cute cry. You know, not not the cute one where you just sort of take the corners of the the the, the, the tissue or the handkerchief uh, and you dab the corners of your eyes and you know you little sniffle and then you are right. No, it wasn't that one. It was that ugly cry, the one where you can't catch your breath like this <laughs> when you when you when you just crying and, and and it's uncontrollable and you can't have talk through the tears. That's where Hannah was, and I want to know. Are there any of us out there who are right there now? It is here that something happens in the midst of bitterness of soul and weeping sore. Something happens. It's here that a handkerchief won't do. It's here that the tears keep falling. It is here then that a shift takes place. It's here that she removes her attention from Penina her adversary, and her rival. She moves her attention from Elkanah, her well-meaning yet misunderstanding husband, and she turns her attention to her all-wise and all-knowing God. The omnipotent, the omnipresent, the omniscient, 
omnicompetent God, the father, the God who sees all and knows all the God of Abraham. Come on, Isaac and Jacob. Thou who rules the wind and the water. I can just hear her saying, Lord, stand by me. I don't have anybody else to stand by me. I need you to do it, Lord God. Hannah understood that desperate times call for desperate measures. She understood that if you want God to do something he's never done, you've got to be willing to do something you've never done. She took her problem to the one who could do something about it. She understood, like the psalmist said, the sacrifices of God are a broken heart, a broken and a contrite spirit. She understood that this was a job for God and God alone. And so she prayed. And that's a word for somebody today. You've been telling everybody else about what's wrong, been sharing the news with everyone else. But God is saying today, stop telling me last. Tell me first. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. Tell your sister, take it to the Lord and leave it there. Tell her, tell God all about it. She's a woman of extraordinary prayer. Thirdly, she's a woman (laughs) of extraordinary praise. Of extraordinary praise. So we've looked at Hannah's extraordinary pain. Wouldn't you agree that she's in some extreme circumstances? And she is a woman in extraordinary pain. Not just extraordinary pain, but also she's a woman of extraordinary prayer. She is teaching us what to do even in the midst of all hell breaking loose. You still must pray. So here we come to point number three, extraordinary praise, verses 19 and 20. Hope your Bibles are still open. We're almost done. Verses 19 and 20. And they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come, uh, come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. So finally, Hannah is a woman of extraordinary praise. We've seen how Hannah was a woman of extraordinary pain in a polygamous relationship and barren on top of that. We've also seen how she was a woman of extraordinary prayer, how in the midst of trial, tribulation, and misunderstanding, she prays to God. She has enough intestinal fortitude and faith to take this thing to God. And now we're looking at how she is a woman of extraordinary praise. The Bible lets us know that Hannah and her husband came home from church one day. And the Bible says Elkanah knew his wife and the Lord remembered her. Of course, We understand that phrase to mean she conceived a child. The Lord will remember. God is not through blessing you. I just want to encourage somebody today. The Bible said the Lord remembered her. I want you to know the Lord will remember you. Aren't you glad that the Lord remembers? Long after others have forgotten, the Lord will remember. Tell your sister God has not forgotten. He remembers. All of the tears you've cried in the midnight hour, he remembers. 
all of the prayers you have prayed for others. He was... <laughs> He's not forgotten. He will remember all of the all of the times you interceded for someone else's children while yours were out there cutting up. God will not forget your labor of love. He won't forget. Tell your sister God is not through blessing you because he remembers. Her prayer was answered in verses 19 and 20. But look at her praise in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. See, we started off in chapter one, verses one and two. Now look what happened in chapter two, verses one and two. And Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. <laughs> she goes from prayer to praise easily. That's how it should be when God finally answers the prayer you've been praying. When you finally get what you've been asking God for, you owe him praise. And let me throw this in too. Even if he doesn't do it, he's still worthy. <laughs> Tell your sister it don't stop with prayer. You've got to move from prayer to praise. It is a debt we owe him. Tell your sister, praise him. With uplifted hands, praise him. With shouting and dancing, praise him. With stringed instruments and organs, praise him. On the cymbals, praise him. On the high-sounding cymbals, let everything that hath breath, praise him. Praise ye the Lord. Ask your sister, what you waiting for? Praise him, even right now. Bless his holy name. So as we close... As we close, I was an English major in college, my undergrad. Um, and I really learned to appreciate the language that we speak. The English language is filled with nouns, verbs, adjectives, pronouns, adverbs, conjunctions, prepositions, and interjections. Come on, homonyms, synonyms. Synonyms, no. Homonyms, <laughs> synonyms, <laughs> similes, and metaphors. There are other categories of words as well. The list can go on and on and on. For example, there are certain words that are spelled the same way forward as they are backward. These words are called palindromes. Somebody say palindromes. There are words like mom, pop, dad, noon, eve, did, wow, a race car, just for a few examples. And interestingly enough, when we look at the word Hannah, it too is a palindrome. Stay with me. And the Lord blessed me with this revelation. He said, we have taken a good look at the woman, Hannah. We've examined her life, her pain, her prayer, and her praise. That's Hannah, the woman. This extraordinary woman in extreme circumstances she has some issues and we looked at how she handled them the lord went on to say now look at the word hannah it's the same forward as it is backward what does that mean to the women who are listening to this podcast today it means the same way she went in is the same way she was coming out she prayed in chapter one while she was wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in this mess. And she prayed in chapter 2. And that's how she came out of her mess. Prayer. She went in praying, came out praying. If you go in praising, 
you're going to come out praising. Going in dancing, coming out dancing. Going in leaning on Jesus, coming out leaning on Jesus. Going in rejoicing, coming out rejoicing. Tell your sister, I'm going in believing. I'm coming out believing. I'm blessed when I come and when I go. What's the souvenir? However you confront a thing, that's how you're going to come out of a thing. What do you mean, Sister Bryce? I mean, blessed going in, blessed coming out. I mean, anointed going in, anointed coming out. Delivered going in, delivered coming out. Set free going in, set free coming out. Saved going in and saved coming out. Healed going in and healed coming out. Whatever you face in this age of COVID-19, in this age of civil unrest, in this age of economic turndown, economic um, plight and um, uncertainty, in this age of heightened um, anxiety, sadness, frustration, go in trusting. Go in knowing that God is going to do For you, what no one else can do. God can open doors no man can close. He can close doors no man can open. I leave you with this. Go in praising. Come out praising. God bless you women. I pray you have been blessed. I look forward. um, Yes. (laughs) I look forward to teaching again on Tuesday. God bless you.